Everybody, we're back talking Bulldogs recruiting with John Garcia Jr. We're so thrilled to have him. We're talking LBU, tight in you, and maybe get some news on Florida, the little brother, right when we come back. You are Locked On Bulldogs, your daily podcast on the Georgia Bulldogs, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Everybody, welcome back. Locked On Bulldogs here, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, part of Locked On Atlanta. And today I'd like to thank LinkedIn Jobs for being the official college football recruiter sponsor across Locked On College Network. LinkedIn helps you find the candidate you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college terms and conditions apply. Today, like I said, we got John Garcia Jr. Uh, welcome back, brother. How's your week been? It's been good. We we stay busy, new commitments, top groups, uh, always some drama to talk about. So I'm still here for it. Uh, that's right. By the end of this month, I think you will have exhausted all that data plan. Whatever you got, it's not enough because there is just so much news happening in this cycle. And there's yet to come as we've talked about the changing landscape of na- name, image, likeness and all the rest of it. It's going to keep on churning. Um, so let's start with some good news for the Bulldogs. And let's start with uh, a stud linebacker coming in, continuing the rep in the LBU. We talked about Bowles when he decommitted to Michigan from Michigan. And we said, hey, this is a kid that's on the radar. Um, tell us what you like about him. Give us your evaluation of Troy Bowles uh, coming into the UGA. Troy is is the modern linebacker. I think, you know, he's, you know, obviously the son of an NFL head coach, which brings its own level of expected intellect. And yes, his father is a defensive-minded head coach, and, and it translates with Troy. But really, he's become beyond the mental with the physical. He's become the modern linebacker, 6'1", 6'2", just over 210 pounds or so. And man, he he's just all over the field. I think he's one of these guys that on three different downs, he could line up at three different spots. I've literally seen him excel playing safety in seven on seven. He's got that okay. type of coverage instincts, uh, multiple interceptions, you know, breaking off the ball like you would expect a safety to. But then on Friday nights, it's about physicality and moving downhill at Tampa Jesuit, which was really kind of the breakout program in the state of Florida uh, last year. And, and he anchored that defense and enforced a ton of turnovers with physicality, uh, his timeliness, playing within his responsibility, checked all those boxes. But you would get a big flash every quarter or so from Bowles, whether it's an interception, a strip sack, a big hit. You get kind of the whole package with Troy. You, you just get the sense that his floor is, is about as high as it gets at the position. And really, if, if you're nitpicking and splitting hairs, it's the frame. I mean, that's really the only yeah. thing that you kind of say, okay, I could see that like needing to take a little bit more time, but that's really all you can dig into. And, and look, he's still a junior in high school. He'll have his senior year and then he'll get into that SEC weight room, nutritional program, all of that. And all those things will take care of itself. So, yeah, I think this is arguably the best linebacker in the country and maybe the one that reflects where the game is and where it's going in terms of that off-ball position projection, uh, you know, relative to anybody else in the class. So this is a reminder, like you said, you know, a reminder that Georgia could still go in and win these type of battles at linebacker, regardless of the hometown, the high school, et cetera. 
That's exactly right. I think it's so, so good to hear this modern linebacker and to hear the playmaking ability, the flash points, right? You kind of typically before it was one of two things. He flashed at times and then he vanished in games when he had to front up and, and fit up on a guard or something like that and kind of shimmy off of him. But when you're able to say, no, 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 he does the fundamentals and every quarter he's going to flash again, it just it just screams to me to Kobe Dean. That's what he did so well, fundamentally sound. But if you needed him to run 25 yards with a tight end and break up a ball, tip it, or intercept it, he would do that same exact thing or cover a flat or a wheel route, intercept it, take it to the house. Now, all of a sudden, man, that's a, that's a unique linebacker. And we got two of them in the fold. Uh, now, quick question. Uh, a lot of recruiting rankings have Bulls as a four star. Do you think with him being with you being so high on him, does he get that fifth star on all the recruiting rankings across the board by the time his senior season stops? I think so. Uh, yeah. Really, like I said, the frame is the only thing you can knock. I don't know many linebackers in the last few cycles where you can legitimately bump him out over a, an FBS recruit at slot receiver and feel okay about it. And that's what you can do with Bowles. I mean, I think it's just it's unique. It fits the modern game. He's mm -hmm. not coming off the field on third down in any capacity. And I, and I think with you go back to the the intellect, the instincts. Uh, and, and by the way, great athleticism and twitch. Let, let's not sell that short. You know, he can become a blitzer, a pass rusher mm. and, and develop into to that element, which was, you know, you, you brought up to Kobe Dean. And I was like, man, nobody timed it up quite like uh, the Mississippi native. Bowles has some of that in his game and his toolbox as well. But he's just so valuable in coverage that they always utilize him giving ground underneath in the zone or even manning up with with tight ends slot receivers and running backs and somebody who can do that is is invaluable within a defense even an attacking aggressive style like with what glenn schumann wants to to put out every single saturday yeah that's what's so awesome we we joke on this podcast tom crean made famous the the term positionless player and we hated it when he would talk that way and yet when you talk about it on the field you use the phrase last week when we had you on he plays basketball on grass and and you know this idea of positionless player all of a sudden bowls kind of fits that where you're saying well he no he can front up a, a running back trying to you know, hit him in the hole and, and get right through him. Or he can get on these tight ends that apparently are just growing on trees now all over the place yeah. uh, and run with them. So that should excite UGA fans who love inside linebacker play. I am probably one of the biggest of them. I love that tradition we have uh, ongoing. We're going to come back and talk about those guys who are growing on trees apparently everywhere. Right after I let you know about Rock Auto. Rock Auto is your place to go online for every single car part your car will ever need. They are fast. They are reliable. Whether you have foreign or domestic, whether you have interior, exterior needs, transmission, performance, it does not matter. RockAuto.com is your place to go. They're the official car parts dealer of Locked On Bulldogs as well as Locked On Podcast Network. And you need to go over there right now. Don't go in person anywhere. It comes straight to your door. It's fast. It's reliable. They have competitive prices on everything. And they're reliably, continually, the people that are always, always, always low on that. So get over right now, rockauto.com. Let them know we sent you by putting in how did you hear about us section locked on and lets them know we sent you. It helps us out, helps you out because you're going to get the right part at the right price for your car every single time, rockauto.com. All right, so Georgia over the week got another commit in next year's cycle. Uh, 2024 coming out of a kid that plays with another commit we talked about just a little bit ago, Nye, uh, Nye Carr. Uh, and he got his buddy, uh, Landon Thomas, 
also in the fold at UGA. This kid is 6'5", and I still think it's probably short what he's listed out in some places, 230, 235. Tight end slot guy, Colquitt County. Uh, let us know your thoughts on this bona fide stud tight end coming into the cycle. Just another one, right? Like cue, cue the DJ Khaled uh, yes. gif. It's just like how many great tight ends are going to end up at UGA at some point? Some Someone's going to be unhappy, but not right yes. now. It just seems like uh, that's just the place to be at tight end. And it was like out of nowhere. It feels like two years ago that wasn't the case. But now it's like, oh, yeah, every great tight end is, is committing to Georgia. And why not? This is obviously an in-state recruit. You, you mentioned the immense size. We don't typically see that kid so filled out as a sophomore in high school. Usually you're more of a jumbo receiver, and then people start to just imagine, hey, once he fills out, he'll be a tight end. He'll fit the modern game because he's already kind of coming up as a receiver. Um, so you got that like two years ago with Landon Thomas, as opposed mm -hmm. to as they saw for in high school when most of the, you know, power five tight end recruits start to put on good weight. So he's already ahead of the curb physically. And then when it comes to his tight end play, he runs incredibly well. Uh, he runs good routes. He's comfortable after the catch. Uh, reminds me a little bit of Noah Font, uh, who was at Iowa, yeah. now plays for the Denver Broncos. I, I think he's got just this – he shouldn't be that twitchy with that size already attached to him. But but again, this young on top of all that really just, just, just screams a, a high floor. Uh, but he hasn't really played the tight end position that long. That's where it gets intriguing, where you're like, you like the floor athletically from a profile standpoint, but then you look at his ceiling and you're like, wait. He's like a year, year and change into his like tight end life. So there's a whole lot of great football ahead of him at the position. You know, as a freshman, he played a lot of defensive end. And then he was like mm -hmm. an H-back receiver hybrid type, which is very common with, with growing tight ends. And then finally, as a sophomore, boom, full-time tight end, split out, in line, the whole deal. Uh, and then we saw him just kind of break out. I think he was – Carr was was the catalyst for, for a lot at Colquitt County, but Thomas – was there right behind him. So, you know, these these programs are going to get uh, multiple years of, of elite uh, passing production, seven touchdowns for, for Landon Thomas as a sophomore pairing with Carr. Uh, sounds like a nightmare to play Coldquick County. Mm -hmm. It has been for a long time. But with those two guys uh, and their ability before and after the catch, it's quite uh, the duo to keep an eye on uh, for, for literal years to come. And, and it just makes you kind of as a fan, you got to be excited, right? I mean, you know they're going to get so much better between now and, and when they actually get to Georgia. But, again, a, a tight end that physically developed, that athletic on top of it, is, is so rare at, at this age uh, that mm -hmm. it, it was a matter of time where, where everyone was going to jump in on this kid. And 30 offers later, he's staying in state anyway, and, and you're going to play for the dogs. So another great tight end coming in and – yeah, you just kind of wonder when, when is that going to ever stop? Because usually these teams go on runs at specific positions, yep. but it has to stop at some point, right? Somebody gets disgruntled, transfers, whatever. I, I don't really see the end in sight because you, you, you've got obviously Bowers on campus. You've got Gilbert now. My goodness. Mm -hmm. that, that just still, it's like people don't even nationally talk about this enough. And then you've got Washington, who's the biggest tight end of all time. And then, yes. of course, you know, the Delps, the Pierce Spurlins. I mean, the list really just kind of goes on and on. And, and now Thomas is is the young buck of that UGA tight end group. So, yeah, it's it's dynamic and it's it's gaudy at this point. It's really, yes. you know, borderline laughable. It It is. That's exactly right. We were 
and we were kind of thinking on this podcast a little bit of the formations that Todd Munkin works with. And to your point, like, hey, at a certain point, wide receivers get a little, you know, I, the term gets prima donna thrown on them far too much, but they get a little cranky when they're not getting the ball in the deep and the yards and all that sort of thing, a la Burton who wants to go to Bama. And we think, oh, man, that must translate to tight ends here pretty soon. But to your point, we have two of the most talented guys in Gilbert and in Washington, and Bowers blew them away last year. Now, Gilbert wasn't on campus. He was dealing with some stuff. We're glad to see him back. But that would be the natural time. This would be the easy off-ramp for those guys. And instead, Gilbert decided to come back after watching Bowers and Big O already there. And we can see a formation in Todd Munkin's system where there's not a wide receiver, uh, in quotes, I'll put that, on the field. And you got four guys who play the, quote, tight end position on the field at one time. And you start them in really close, and then you spread them out, If depending on what the defense does. And Todd Munkin's just going to be laughing in the press box, just being like, my gosh, what, what are you going to do? You're going to bring in somebody big to try to cover big? Okay, no problem. I'll throw Bowers behind you on a dig, and he's going to torch you. And and it is. It's comical at this point because it doesn't seem like it's going to stop. As a matter of fact, it only seems like this is now UGA's thing, right? Just like athletic like inside line. Overnight, that's exactly right. right. It wasn't a thing before. I mean, we've had good – we've had Charles and, and we've had some good tight ends. Not like this. This is – unimaginable. And it did happen overnight. Uh, Hartley is just crushing it and Monk and all of that. I think it's really, really key. So I'm going to get used to it. I think this is the new thing. I, I used Gronkowski on this podcast a little bit ago. He led the, t- led the NFL in touchdowns since he was drafted. Um, they knew how to utilize him, right? Okay. Todd Munkin, you got your weapons. And to your point, the national media is not talking about it. Um, I know our defense is going to take a step back. I, I fully understand that. But our offense is going to put up points. And it's because of these three guys plus more coming. I don't care who's throwing the rock to them. They're going to be just fine. Um, and so, yeah, national media, wake up. You can dog the defense all you want, but this offense is going to it's going to roll, y'all. Uh, it's going to be fun to watch. Uh, we're going to come back after this. I'm going to ask John a little bit about arrivals a little bit, maybe get into some Florida talk, maybe some Tennessee talk, and likewise. But first, I want to talk about Built Bar. Built Bar is the tastiest protein bar on planet Earth. How do I know? I've tried every single one of them. They keep on sending me these trial packs, and they're delicious. They Every single one of them slaps, y'all. This is fantastic, fantastic stuff. They are high in protein. They are high in fiber, low in sugar. They are keto approved. Uh, They are on a meal uh, replacement. You can put those into your mouth instead of whatever burger you're going to grab on the go. Pre-workout, post-workout, during workout, whatever you need. Built Bar is your protein bar. And right now, our listeners can go over to BuiltBar.com and you can put in the promo code LOCKEDON15 for 15% off your entire order. That's one box of all the same, five boxes of mix and match, whatever you like. They have marshmallows in there. They have these crispy uh, uh, little like rice crispy things in the middle of them or just the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Nothing else about the candy bar but the taste. It's perfect. Get over to BuiltBar.com. Let them know we sent you by putting locked on 15 in the promo code. Get 15% off your entire order. All right, let's talk about those who shall not be named except for right now, because I think right now, uh, hey, give credit where credit is due. Florida gets a quarterback commit, gets a running back commit. Uh, where he was striking out, Billy was striking out before on the trail. All of a sudden, they get a little bit of a run. Um, so just kind of open-ended uh, Let's start with Florida if we can, but where is the state of recruiting in Florida right now? They were bad and now starting to climb up. Where are they at in their cycle? How good do they feel? 
Yeah, they're, they're certainly feeling better than they did about three or four weeks ago. Um, that that was around the time that Miami went on its run. Mm-hmm. Of They're still on that run, but that was the beginning of their kind of national leading run. Multiple quarterbacks committed and winning national battles for the Francis Maui Goas, Jaden Waynes of the world, flipping Ray Ray, Joseph mm-hmm. from Clemson. Just, Miami was kind of shooting at will, if you will. And a lot of those targets, Jaden Rashada, Maui Goa in particular, were big Florida Gator targets uh, over as long or longer period of time than they were for the Canes. So I do think that optically they took a hit with offensive recruiting. The defensive recruiting has been solid. Sharif Denton's a great player. Uh, they've, they flipped uh, pass rusher Isaiah Nixon from UCF, an in-state kid. The defensive recruiting has been humming. Gavin Hill, big uh, local defensive lineman. Yeah. But the offensive recruiting had suffered. And quarterback was kind of that position where you're like, man, it don't matter who else you get until you figure out this spot it's not going to matter. And they finally got their guy. And it was a flip. They flipped Marcus Stokes from Penn State. He's a Jacksonville area kid, not from there. He's from Baltimore, but he's playing at Tim Tebow's high school. So you understand Mm -hmm. the optics, again, going back to that word, as to why this was a big deal. The the best quarterbacks who come through there since Mr. Tebow, a totally different player. I don't want to make that comparison. Stokes is more of a gunslinger, huge live right arm, a little bit raw in his mechanics, his technique, his footwork. He'll tell you that. He's got some work to do in that department. So you wonder the whole Anthony Richardson thing, if it is a one-year boom, like some people suggest that he's going to you know, ride off into the NFL draft, going to be really interesting thereafter because there's a lot of – there's a ton of inexperience even with Anthony Richardson at UF. But – In terms of recruiting, you got your quarterback on board, and then that created a little bit of an offensive run. Eugene Wilson, the receiver from Tampa, one of the fastest players in the country. That was a big pickup. Lifelong Gator fan, NFL legacy. Again, good optically. And then you grab Trayon Webb, who was a former Georgia commit, former Oklahoma commitment as well. Another Jacksonville kid, so that metro is starting to lean uh, towards the Gators in the state, which which is a big deal uh, because it's typically wide open. We've seen UGA dominate in Jacksonville. We've seen Miami go up there. uh, We've seen a lot of other programs dip in. So Florida getting momentum there, I thought was, was a pretty big deal. And and yeah, I think after the Twitter jokes, things got, got corrected a little bit in Gainesville and and they're, they're kind of rolling right now. I I don't think it's a top 10 class or this uh, banner, you know, story worthy run, but it is a good enough run relative to a month ago where it looked Pretty bad. A lot of a lot of Florida fans were were about to hit that panic button. So those who didn't uh, were, were certainly rewarded uh, with with what these commitments have done offensively, in particular yep. with Stokes as the headliner. We hear they might continue to recruit quarterbacks. So there's a lot of overhaul going down in Gainesville for sure. Yeah, that's what I find so weird. Look, I I don't like Florida at all, clearly. But at the same time, people talking about Napier not getting his class. He didn't need his class right now. He needed a couple of his guys right now because where his strength is as a program developer, that's why they brought him in. If they wanted the high-rising recruit guy, they would have taken a shot at an assistant who's never been a head coach before who recruits like the just – the wind down in the South and they didn't go with that. They went with a guy who had built a program up. So he needed a few of his guys. And I mean, honestly, he's got more than a few of his guys now that he wanted. You listed three. If the class stopped there, if I'm a Florida fan, I'm happy. Now they're not clearly because they, sure. they think they should be top five. And I keep on saying they're not going to be top five in the next couple of years, unless a huge surprise comes out. Um, 
but to have those those three is huge for them. Uh, let's go to a, a couple of teams that people are talking about maybe having the chance to really do something. That's Tennessee, and, and I want to save maybe Bama for another day because they are who they are, and in Kentucky. Um, I love Kentucky. I, I, I have so much respect for that program. Tennessee, I don't yet because I don't know if they can play defense um, at all. Tell us where are the recruiting kind of battles for them. How is their class shaken out for this this cycle? Tennessee's is has been picking up steam here in a hurry. Five commitments in the month of July, uh, almost all of them on defense. So yeah, defense is the question mark there, yep. and and that's where we've seen the Vols kind of uptick. And what's interesting about this this class they're building up to eighteen commitments, nine different states represented within those those uh, 18 commitments. You expect a ton from Tennessee and, and neighboring Georgia, and that's half the class. But then you're dipping into kind of random territory. You're in Nevada, Missouri, Mississippi, Virginia, and you're beating those local schools for them. Like you mm. go into Missouri to get a pass rusher, Jadavian Bradley, just, just the other day, big-time commitment, maybe the class headliner beyond Nico Iamaliava. That was a big win. You go to Mississippi for the top defensive back in the state and beat Ole Miss – for John Slaughter. I thought that was a really big deal. You go into the state of Georgia for um, Umarov, the big offensive yep. tackle. The, the offensive tackle board is, is shrinking pretty much everywhere. So grabbing any one of these blue chip recruits left at the position is a, a really big deal. And then I think some earlier battles are looking better as time has, has gone on here. Like the Ethan Davis commitment, Collins Hill kid, the tight end. I mean, this is kind of like Landon Thomas we talked yep. about earlier. This is a freaky former basketball player just coming into his own type of tight end that I think people are going to look back on and say, man, he was really down to Tennessee and Ole Miss. Like what, what were some of these other programs doing? Alabama, mm -hmm. Georgia in particular, Florida. Well, how did it get to that point? Because I think he could be among the best two or three tight ends in this class. So I think they're trusting their own evaluations uh, and they're able to extend their footprint a little bit further than we would expect. You always expect the state of Georgia and Tennessee, and, and that's still the bread and butter, but they're going a little bit more outside that footprint and, and they're having success there uh, along the way, which is not something I expected with, with this Josh Heupel program from a recruiting standpoint. That's exactly right. That's, that's what's really, really unique to me. Heupel, it, it's clear as day. The guy knows how to put points up. He knows how to do that. Georgia, it took Georgia two drives to figure them out last year and people were losing their mind in the first quarter. And I, you know, saying, Hey, calm down. Kirby is a better coach right now than, than Heupel is. And he'll figure it out. And he did. And the rest of the game was as it was, but I mean, it's kind of like either he's going to go the Lane Kiffin route where a couple games he's going to put up 50 burgers on people and that's going to be his legacy and yet to be seen what Lane can do big picture making a program. But there's something about Hypel if he gets the right recruits and the right coaching staff on defense and they can start playing it in the trenches and, and that's going to be really key. Watch out. Uh, that's going to be something unique. We'll, we'll get you back because I, I really want to hear your thoughts on Kentucky going in the future because, again, I, I think Stoops is, my gosh – Every single year, it terrifies me. And every single year since I've been a fan of Georgia, um, uh, since I came over and, and moved out of the West Coast, that Kentucky game is like 9 to 6, 12 to 9. And every yeah. year, I hate my life on that day. So um, we'll get your thoughts on that. Uh, John, where can the people find you? Uh, let them know what we're doing and, and how they can follow you. Yeah, real simple. SI.com slash college or, or check us out on social media as well. It's just my name, John Garcia underscore JR. I can't. 
stress this enough. Get over, follow him. He's got news all the time. He's got great stuff. Get over there and follow him. We tell you every single week, but do it. Uh, John, thank you, brother. Appreciate it. This has been Locked On Bulldogs, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We will see you guys later.